and welcome to Practical Reliability. I'm your host, George Williams, CEO of Reliability X. We are live at the 35th International Maintenance Conference here in Marco Island, Florida. My guest right now is AJ Alexander from Sorba AI. How are you, AJ? George, thank you for having me. Ah, oh, it's awesome. So we've talked to a bunch of companies this week. We're live at the International Maintenance Conference. People are coming and going. It's really exciting. And when you walk through the expo booth, there's always a couple of different types of companies. Walk me who through Sorba is and, and what you guys do. Sure. So uh, this idea and this problem we're solving was conceived about five or six years ago. And it was birthed out of uh, tremendous pain where we noticed many, many problems on the pr production floor that could really only be solved with, with AI machine learning. But the, the chasm and that bridge we had it cross was due to typically industries four to five years behind where you see a lot of what academia, DARPA, and uh, the folks that are working behind those four uh, closed doors. It's typically 10, 10 years ahead of, of industry. So we, we felt that if we can empower hundreds and thousands of engineers to do more with less, and a byproduct of that is AI machine learning, we felt that we could win. And if we're winning, the whole world's winning. So when it comes to AI machine learning, there's a lot of complexities. Um, when you talk about the edge, so by necessity, we're a team of controls engineers. So building the entire gene genealogy of a J&J &J pharmaceutical line to ultimately achieve that golden run ratio of OBE, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. In addition to you know, reverse engineering data from a GE locomotive because they want to take ownership. Uh, this particular class one railroad would understood the value of data uh, five or six years ago, but I'm sure as everyone has heard in the conference, you guys have been doing data for a long time. And we felt that uh, starting with the edge and making this technology to be consumed and adopted by engineers at the edge, we're seeing the greatest return of value. And it's always gonna come down to time and money. And then re reminding ourselves that the heroes are the folks on the front lines. Your everyday E&I guys, plant managers, the guys that are in the beautiful island of Marco in Florida, what makes manufacturing great. And we wanna to continue to be a part of that journey. We wanna to continue to share that story. And, you know, I'm a first, generation immigrant born of uh, two entrepreneurs. I grew up, I'm gonna be 30 in January, I grew up watching uh, my father go from the third industrial revolution and being a pioneer in, in, in the fourth industrial revolution. And so it's in my blood. And my, my mother, she was a, a revolutionary during and under the, the oppression of Noriega. So she fled, my parents fled, they both fled from Italy and one from Panama to Toronto. And I was born in Toronto, Canada. And when you think of how things have full circle, a lot of the OGs and the folks that have grandfathered AI, the, the practicality of it and the adoption of it was born in Toronto. So here I am, gonna be 30. Uh, we're having the time of my life. We're getting to work with, I'm getting the opportunity to work with the brightest individuals in the world. And um, I had a person the other day ask me, your team's all in Latin America. They wanted to know well, why. And um, my, my CTO, Yandi, I'm here with uh, Stephanie, who's our chief marketing officer, and Aldo, 
uh, one of our other co-founders and CEO. I'm, my role is the chief revenue officer, and then uh, but we're a team of about 45 guys, uh, 25 here domestically and 20 in Latin America. But back to my CTO point and why we, why I think Latin America is winning also with the United States is um, they're hungry, and for us, and I'm sure you can speak to this is getting the opportunity to wake up every day and face Goliath, but to do it with the folks that you really care about and you're having an amazing time doing and making an impact. Uh, I would say that's what it's all about. We're having fun, we're making an impact, and uh, we're seeing the fruit of that in the industry, specifically with manufacturing, utilities, and transportation. Well, I love the passion, right? I mean, it, this, that's what it really is all about. And I think it's really interesting that you're an AI company, you're looking at machine learning, and your focus is on people, whether it's internal to Sorba or at the manufacturing spaces that you help support. Big fan of what you just said. I think it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Most of my colleagues, there are another cogs in the machine. I chose, I don't want to be another cogs in the machine. <laughs> I want to see an impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, being exposed and, and living in some of these facilities and, 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 and the engineers, we get to, it's about the experience. And that's what drives us. Yeah. We are obsessed with seeing that engineer succeed and empowering him with, with these set of tools. So we're a platform and the applications that our customers all over the world are using, it's, it's very cool. And um, AI machine learning will always, or it, it's a beautiful thing when you are able to do more with less. And when you realize probably the greatest gift we've ever been given is time, it'll change. It'll change how you do reliability and maintenance. So, so walk me. All right. So our podcast is called Practical Reliability, and what uh, what sure. we attempt to do is take these complex things and boil them down to very simple terms. Sure. Give me the two second, real simple terms for folks that are in maintenance and reliability or in operations. What's the benefit of AI for them? Sure. So what we'll do is we're going to start uh, with this new framework, this digitalization framework, and kind of touch on what the community, the reliability community, uh, has defined as their these operational definitions of what IoT and AI is. For us, because we are a software company, and the reason we're succeeding is because users are operationalizing and contextualizing the output of their applications. But let me start backwards. We talk about the edge. When you talk about IoT, it's a function of, do I have the, the communication protocols, the drivers, the connectors, can I speak, start speaking to my machine? So part of the journey is, can we take ownership of our data? If yes, what does the current data collection, connection, the aggregation layer look like? Sorb at the edge has those communication protocols for a engineer to read data from an OPC UA server, from an historian, to talk to discrete and different islands of automation. And the next step in the journey is the configuration aspect. So when you want to accelerate your results, everyone understands to have good AI machine learning, you're going to need data. When you combine the process world, the condition monitoring world, and a lot of these sources that you guys have been inundated with for a long time now, but it's doing that practically. And that is what we're seeing, our ability to talk to DCSs, to pull in uh, you know, your condition monitoring platforms and this concept where 
the, the IoT layer, that data foundation, those are your first principles. In addition to the culture. Are we executing maintenance the way we know, first principles wise, has worked for many, many years? And um, so it starts with the edge, understanding the whole, we call ETL, the extraction, transformation, and loading of that data. Practically, it's the processing, storage, transfer, it's a lot of steps. And one of the things we do very uniquely is we automate that entire ETL process for the engineer. And then it comes down to the model building. So what we, what we talk about, the problems, we'll use an example as a, as a vibration analyst, is you are looking at your data in sometimes a two or three dimensional manner. But what if now you have the ability to create an algorithm that can function as your cooperator, where he can now classify these failure modes in a more automated fashion, marrying that meta, with that metadata in a CMMS. So that is what we're doing. And it's about what you do with the waveform. Can I model the waveform in an efficient manner so I can do more with my time? Right. And having an army of those agents operating on your behalf as a supervisor is a, is is very is a very real real thing. Hey, Terrence. We're getting we're getting photo bombed. So we talk about when we talk about the app store, an engineer is going to look at. So in our world, the data science, and we talk about anomaly detection, classifiers. What's a digital twin? Well, it's a regression algorithm. Y equals mx plus b. But what if I had the ability to automatically generate those outputs in a very neural, um, I would say more of a, in a mass production, then you got what we call advanced process control and optimization and, and control. You got to optimize a set of parameters right back to very smart decisions so that machine can learn at the edge in real time. And the last is what we call time series forecasting. So the engineer, based on if he's trying to optimize components of his MES, He's trying to logistically forecast certain steps, time steps in the future. One day out, one hour out, one year out. And that's a function of a lot of these complexities. There's a lot of moving pieces, but it's how you put it together in an efficient manner so the engineer can generate an outcome that he's, he's gamifying the system. He knows that because the data is coming directly from the machine into my hands, where I'm authoring and I know the problems and I'm the one that can best best get to the root of the unknown. And uh, that process, so the outputs of some of those pipelines, we call them pipelines, to studio. The engineer will validate that offline in a very short and an efficient manner. And uh, did I mention, it only takes you a couple minutes to do. <laughs> and he'll, he'll gain that confidence and he'll deploy it to the edge of equipment. And that model is now functioning as a duplicate in real time. Map to those critical tags, not every tag. We'll start with small data, but it's doing its job. All right, so what's interesting for me is people say, okay, we have to get down to basics. We're not doing the maintenance. Why do I need AI if I'm not even doing the maintenance? And what I typically try to understand is, is you're not gonna have a choice in 10 years. In 10 years, the machine from the OEM is gonna show up already prepared for all this. Maybe we're not there today, but that's the, the ultimate where I see this going, right? Everything is going to be connected. While today there's lots of different languages, the data historian and Pi and all those things kind of take that out of the equation, right? It Originally it was, well, until we figure out a language standard, we're all in trouble. But now that's kind of taken out of the equation and you have the ability to do that through uh, other means. And so machines are going to show up and they're going to be already prepared for this. 
And so regardless of whether or not you do the basics well, this is still gonna be a reality and most plants as they, and certainly new plants, just as they evolve. So how do you, how do you talk to clients that are saying, we can't, we, I can't even fix a sandwich. Like, what am I gonna do with data? Like, that's not helping me. So believe it or not, we start at the end and we work, our, we work backwards. And we, you and I had touched on this as we, we decouple that OEE metric because we have a background in control, control automation. And we, from a barrier to entry, Ed, we know what it takes. So a function of that is showing them and, and debunking and, and, and the, the skepticism that's real, okay, it's real, we allow them to get started very quickly. So we have a set of requirements where you to kind of define pain. You have to understand symptoms, George. You have to, you have to understand symptoms. And uh, you can't prescribe and you can't diagnose if you, everyone in this room knows the scientific method. Step one is you gotta recognize you have a problem. And if you start there, work backwards, there's data that represents that problem. And we go through you know, some iterations as part of the, the engagement process, which, oh, by the way, doesn't cost a quarter of a million dollars or doesn't even really cost a couple of days of time. We're in the business of what I call uh, breaking down the black box. It's a white box. From the documentation to the tutorials, we're thinking of this concept of Sorba University, where knowledge should not come with the price tag. We see that. The whole world is running on open source. Yeah. Um, but it's about community. And that's one of our principles as a company. We're open, we're agnostic, and we believe in the power of community. But to answer your question, it's let's have a conversation. Let's book a demo. Yeah, yeah. Let's lift the hood and let's see the nuts and bolts. And you know, George, I, I hear all the time we're competitors. I don't think so. Why? I see everyone here as a partner. And the greatest example we have of that is the Amazon marketplace. Agnostic to hardware, software, services. So part, to your point, part of the journey is getting to that round table, everyone in alignment. This is what this means. Let's all be committed. Let's be convicted. Doing it every day, we're gonna have our seasons. You're gonna miss your numbers. It ebbs and flows. Not a destination, it's a journey. <laughs> That's right. And um, so hopefully I answer, answered your question. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so we, somebody engage, and first of all, I think it's awesome that you're open and agnostic and folks can partner with you as well as folks come and learn more about AI and what that can do for them at the Sorbonne University or, uh, and so, it, all right, I've got a line, it's not functioning very well. It, and you're gonna provide the information that helps me get down to where those opportunities are that's kind of a phase one thing, if, if I'm understanding you. And then a, the next phase of that is, can you start to process control for me, right? Based on my inputs and my knowledge and my feedback to your system, 
it'll continue to learn and then hopefully get to a point where it's automated process control to ensure quality. That's correct. So uh, how we partner is by relying on very smart individuals like yourself. That, were, that was able, you were able to lay out very eloquently where on the software component, whether you're measuring or you're not, we're going to help you measure, we're going to help you analyze. So a function of breaking down that OEE is what are the use cases that are, just use Reliability X as an example, our channel partner has identified that this is the pain and these are the technical specifications on how we solve that pain and we've got a roadmap on how you execute and you take ownership of this in a vector format where the true, the, the true partnerships that are winning, George, are the ones that are phasing out, that are allowing the client to graduate, That's right. to succeed, and to take the training right wheels off the bike. We yeah. want to see them fly. I love that. I love that because that's actually, you know, our goal as a company is come in and coach and mentor you to a point of not needing us, right? We don't, you, we don't want you to need, I, I don't want to come in and do your FMEA. That's not really my goal. My goal is to teach you how to fish and then get out. So I think that's fantastic. So, it, all right, so now you're in a place where the AI can automate things. And I, what, we, what I want to try to do is put that into some context for, from a practical standpoint. Sure. So today there's you know, three shifts, and so you have three different operators. They all like their own settings. There's no SOP or standard as to what those settings are, just some span of range. And they, each, all three shifts get different varying outputs. So the advantage of what you bring to the table is narrowing that down to what you really should operate at and making the adjustments on the fly based on analytical information and AI. And this allows the operator to focus on more important things in terms of running the line, making sure good raw incoming material, you know, do those inspections so you don't put crap on the line, all the things that they should be doing, inspecting the line so they're not going to have other issues that are minor, so that they can just run at optimal performance all the time. Is that where we're at? We call that the golden run ratio. Yeah, the yeah. holy That's the holy grail yeah, yeah. of manufacturing. Is that, you're starting to see that change happen in real time and a byproduct of that is that consumer. Does he understand the data? Does he trust the data? And can he make a decision to achieve what is what's best in class? Greater than 80%. And I think in the future, it's even going to be more than that, right? So to talk about like long-term future, I've got a line at, at fills cases with something. The Corrigate manufacturer also has your AI product. And I know the exact specification of the box coming in. My machine already knows. I give it a lot number. It already makes its adjustments based on what was shipped to me. And I don't have anything to do. I mean, that's probably, who knows, 50 years from now. But that, that to gonna, me, looks like where we're, we're headed. I'm going to stop you. And hopefully you're excited about this. In our world, we call that generaliza generalization. The ability to generalize and normalize all those sources for a true root cause. That can be married with executable actions that where you see change. Yeah. That world is here today. And I'll give you an example of that. We're deployed uh, with a, uh, a very big steel manufacturer that uh, manufactures an alloy product. And I would say it's about 20% size of the total, total company, but they generate about 80% of all the revenue. And uh, not a, not a, not a, not nowhere near as complex as a paper mill, but um, maybe just as complex as a food and beverage company. 
the particular application, the engineers that are taking ownership of it is they're they're having anomaly detectors that are determining degradation before, you know, some rules that they've been comfortable with from a condition monitoring element. In addition to classifying, you know, gear oil stands, uh, gearbox, you know, gearbox failures, you know, coupling issues, uh, you know, different, obviously displacement and uh, problems that are they're trying to marry vibration. I, you know, I'm not sure they're using one of the, one of the bigger vendors. In the, I don't want to give them a shameless plug without without uh, any NDAs, of course. And then they're also got a ton of ton of process data. So it's um, part of that was on these sequential uh, what we call roughing stands, where the rebar's coming through and they're they're they're, they're slicing and dicing it and, and coiling it and getting ready to ship it out the door. Part of that was an algorithm that's detecting some sort of degradation upstream. That sensitivity, to your point, the example you gave technically is that a roughing stand number two saying something's going on. Due to that sensitivity, it's picking up from roughing stand uh, number eight. So we're seeing that. What we're also seeing, George, in the industry is the, how the, the vibration data is processed. So we're, 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 we've got an active use case where we're actually collecting 3,000 vibration sensors in real time generating the, 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 the FFT and the time waveform, and then sending that information to the cloud twice a day. And the, the reason this is important is that allows site PDM teams and centralized PDM teams to have this hybrid representation of their data. So some folks are applying their super sexy, world conquering, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna secure and, 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 and every disease with this model in the cloud. But then you've got engineers at the site level that we're not having to do as many route-based trips anymore. We're actually able to sit and, 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 and solve problems and put designs together and do more with our time. So there's a chasm there. And I share, I share, I share the story because there's value what's being done in the cloud, of course. There's also a lot of value that's being done at the edge. And how you distribute and have these applications we call templates is, is the future. We believe uh, decentralization is the future. And um, I think all parties win. It's a win-win when you decentralize the decision-making, the intelligence, and the power. Excellent, excellent. All right, so how do folks find out more? How do they find out more about your organization, get involved in the university thing, and learn more? Uh, or reach out to you for direct information and potentially an engagement. So, funny story. Um, it's, it's easy. It's Sorbet AI, but little little backdrop. I don't know if you ever had a chance to speak with Ryan Chan. Of course, at, I have. At Upkeep. So yeah, yeah. Ryan, I guess a couple weeks ago, was giving a shout out. Really happy that they were able to. Their domain name was always on Upkeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they bought the rights to Upkeep.com, and he was all excited. And uh, this. Just happened to us the other day. Sorbet AI was, you know, somebody had it for three or four years, and <laughs> it just came online. Nice. And uh, the easiest way to find us on anything, moving forward, social, uh, LinkedIn, email, book a demo, whatever you, the industry is hungry for and ready for, you can find us at Sorbet AI. Excellent. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for being our guest here today, AJ. Thank you for having me, George. Look forward to getting to know you more and hopefully doing more of these and and partnering yeah we'd love to have you on again thank winning. you thank awesome you. thank you all right so for aj alexander i'm george williams go make tomorrow better than today
If you're a Maximo user, responsible for Maximo at your company, a developer, or someone interested in asset management, reliability, digital twins, and all the amazing things that surround Maximo, the event for you in 2022 is Maximo World 2022. Austin, Texas, August 9th to the 11th. Participants will have an opportunity to meet IBM Maximo experts and partners with proficiencies in the technology and the strategies and processes that accelerate bottom line business results. For more information, visit www.reliabilityweb.com events and click on the Maximo World icon.